Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott, and hello to your plant world. If you'd like to talk about it, you can simply give us a call, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And then afterwards, the Good Gardening Stroll will be first, of course, every Saturday morning. Then we can talk about trees, perennials, your yard, whether it's flat, whether it's hilly, whether it's got low spots, whether it's got... Tropicals, ooh, ooh, left those tropicals, your house plants out on the deck. <sighs> oh, they don't look so good, maybe. And what can you do? Can they be revived? Hmm. How about that impact on your backyard along the fence from the dogs running back and forth? Should you be doing any pruning now? Is there still worries about insects? Suspicious-looking growth or spots. Can you still transplant? Take cuttings? Well, I'll share my knowledge to help you make a good decision, and the action you choose is going to be strictly up to you. And remember, this is your show, and I appreciate hearing about your plant world. As always, and a very important player in this game is Drew. Drew's producing... So he will answer the phone. He just needs your first name. He'll put it up on the computer screen, and then we'll go from there. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And besides this Saturday morning get-together, I can come to your plant world for an on-site consultation, which I call a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and there's my email and phone number. Either one, you can contact me. Probably email is the easiest because then we don't have to play any phone tag. Well, let's get strolling. This walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Time, time, see what's become. Well, let's kiss Daylight Savings goodbye. To be honest with you, I'm kind of glad, because these last couple weeks, it's pretty dark when I'm out trying to take my stroll. So... Now, with the fall, is it fall forward or fall back? I don't know which way to do the clocks. <laughs> but the best clock in town, from my perspective, is the clock in the tower that rises above Union Station. And that's where I took my good gardening stroll today. 
Uh, there was some great lights wrapping around the tree trunks and lighted balls at the base were anchoring them. Potted plants on Long Market Street entrance to Union Station well, really look good. So even though it's been pretty darn cold a couple times, the ornamental kale looks great. Celosia still showing some good red color. And there was some maiden grasses as well. Uh, the arched historic entrances were embraced by a curved bed with azaleas in it. Some of the azaleas didn't look quite as good as some of the other ones, but uh, there are different varieties in there, and uh, the tone and the color of the leaves are going to be different according to the variety. Then there are some steps that go up, and, uh, well, not really right there, but there was two potted plants that have lions as a theme. They have also the ornamental kale, the celosia, and then well-pruned boxwood in there. Steps which lead up to the high, you know, up to the highlight have these elaborate lights. It's just absolutely amazing. Then next, as we head east, or I head east, is the hotel entrance, and there's numerous potted plants, teal color you know, pots, and some had pumpkin accents, pansies, coral bells, ornamental grasses as well, three or four different varieties, more ornamental kale, celosia as well. Crows were flying high in the sky. I don't know exactly. They always seem to go from south, let's see, I guess that would be south. East, no, south, yeah, southeast to the northwest. So there's something up in that direction apparently they like because uh, they were up at high in the sky on this November day and they were calling to each other saying, come on, what's wrong? How come you're flying so slow? But anyway, so 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these messages. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. When I'm walking around the neighborhood, a few people didn't quite get some of their stuff uh, taken inside, so it's kind of sad to see some you know, dead plants. Well, I don't know if they're totally dead because I couldn't tell what kind of plants they were to see if they were going to be tropical plants that should be or could come inside. And even if the above-ground foliage is not looking so good, is looking basically dead, is there a chance it can be revived by bringing it in, putting it in a sunny window, blah, 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 blah. And then lots of people are still leaving their elephant ears, which I'm leaving some out, and cannas as well. Some people have already dug some up and taken them inside, and along with their banana plants too. So lots of crazy stuff going on. Let's head over to Bill's yard. Bill, how are you today? I'm pretty good, sir. I, was, I had just dug up my elephant ears after the first frost and was wondering what you wrap them in 
And how do you store them for next year? Uh, basically, you can just wrap them in newspaper and uh, just put them in a cardboard box in a, you know, in the basement. Well, thank you very much, sir, and God bless you now. Well, thank you, and thanks for calling. And again, we have phone lines, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'll tell you what, Tracy and I were out in town and country, and uh, we went to Cooperhawk and had uh, lunch. And uh, the mums around the lake there look so fantastic. I mean— and throughout the city, you know, as we were driving and everything else, so the mums are been, you know, have been able to take this cold, you know, weather pretty well. In the past, depending upon the variety and everything else, some of them just don't quite do as well. But the ones that have been grown lately are just absolutely fantastic. And mums were originally cultivated in China over two thousand years ago. And they were used for because they had a medicinal value as well as being an ornamental plant. The plant's roots were boiled by people in ancient times to produce tea used to treat headaches. Can you believe that? Additionally, young shoots and petals were consumed in salads and the leaves of the mums were brewed to produce a festive drink. Chrysanthemums is a good example of a short-day plant that flowers in response to the length of the day versus the length of the night. As days become shorter and the nights become longer, what a coincidence, in late summer, flower buds form, and later when the days become shorter, the buds develop and then bloom. Ah, in some areas, the heat and drought of late summer causes a delay in the bud development. But as nights cool and water becomes available, additional buds form and flowers normally are produced. So chrysanthemum, some trivia, second most popular plant in the world. And who is first? Roses, of course. (laughs) And the mom's all kinds of crazy different stuff. The Japanese emperors so loved mums that the flowers that they produced were put on the thrones for them to see, to have sitting around them while they're there. Let's go to Joan's yard. Hi, Joan. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I was wondering, is it too late to plant um, hydrangeas? Uh, woody plant material, we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of that time because the ground, but the, the luckily the ground temperature is still pretty warm, so you should be okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yep. Just make sure you, you know, plant them properly and, uh, you don't plant them too, you know, at grade, plant them so the top of the root balls above the surrounding ground. And then when you finish planting them, Put about uh, two inches of mulch and uh, get a mulch that has, uh, you know, acidic qualities to it, like pine needles and cedar and things like that. Okay. Will do. All right. Thanks. Yep. My pleasure. And other things that uh, you can be thinking about or you should be thinking about or you should be doing if you're serious about your landscape is this is a good, perfect time 
to get a soil test done so you can find out what your soil pH is and also the nutrient level. And especially if you historically have been putting the same fertilizer down year after year after year, whether it's in the vegetable garden, whether it's in your lawn or wherever it has to be, happens to be because certain nutrients stay for a long time. Nitrogen becomes a, a basically a gas and heads up into the air and then doesn't come back down until there's some lightning strikes and things like that. But phosphorus and potassium and some of the other nutrients that just build up and build up and build up, they are used by the plants, but they still have a lot of residual. And as I said before, using them consistently year after year after year, you can get extravagant levels, and then the soil test would indicate that that's maybe part of the problem with your plant material and why it's not working so well. To prevent problems with your lawn, (laughs) and this is what I'm going to be doing today after the show is over, is we've got... uh, our three sugar maples, uh, one's completely lost all its leaves. Those, are, these are on. We're on a corner, so these are street trees. Another one is about eighty uh, percent lost its leaves, and the third one is about uh, halfway. And the amount of leaves <laughs> on some of the areas of our lawn are pretty deep, like three or four inches. So. And that's just within the last three or four days. So consequently, because last Wednesday I uh, did the raking and everything. So I also I rake, but also I use my mulching mower, and I bag up some of the you know I just I set the mower blade high, and then it chops them up and throws them into the bag, and then I take that down to the yard waste dumpster. So just and continue to cut your grass if you have a cool season lawn like a bluegrass or a fescue as long as it's elongating because you don't want it to get too long because what can happen is the blades will lay over once we start getting some, you know, moisture and everything else and you could get some wintertime fungus problems. They're not going to show up necessarily during the winter, they will be there. So if you suspect that you might have, you know, some problems related to fungus, you do need to get a magnifying glass, get down on your hands and knees and just look at the blades of your lawn. And if you see some fuzzy stuff on the edges of the individual blades, then that means you do have a fungus problem. And then next spring, what's going to happen, you're going to start seeing wonder why these round spots, let's say up to 12 inches across, are kind of dotting through my lawn, and that's fungus. So there's no getting around it. If you uh, want to have some nice color this time of year, cyclamen are going to be available at the garden centers and uh, florists and things like that. They do need bright light. They do need to keep their soil, you know, evenly moist, not wet, and it, uh, they do prefer to have some fertilization. So it's one of those things, that, especially when it's in flower. Uh, set up your bird feeders if you haven't set them up yet. I walked past the house the other day, and they had about three or four different feeders of different types out. 
And there were so many birds there, it was unreal. And then a couple squirrels, of course. <laughs> the squirrels take advantage of pretty much anything. So, again, if you have any questions or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. With your house plants that you do have inside, no fertilizer until springtime. So as the days get shorter and shorter and shorter, it's going to be they don't need the fertilization. And also just watch out and don't overwater them because overwatering uh, can really do some damage to them. So uh, just be really careful. A lot of people have some really large house plants. And I know there's been a couple of callers where they've had they've been so large they could they really felt uncomfortable about moving them inside. So then what do you do? Well, I guess you just sacrifice them just like uh, some of the other things. It's like furniture or anything else that you have to kind of get rid of, even though it's maybe not what you really want to do. But sometimes you have to admit, hmm. This is just too big, it's too awkward, it's too heavy, it's too this, or whatever it is, and then you have to kind of let those plants go. Well, let's head over to Kevin's yard. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Mike. How's it going, bud? Very good. Good. Well, thanks for being on my show. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, question for you. Um, so, I, you know, I work outside. I'm in a lot of lawns, you know, all week long. And this year, the moles have been ridiculous. Like almost, I'd say probably 70% of the yards that I'm in have like terrible mole problems. Is that, is, do you have any idea what that, you know, why that would be? Or is that like a, you know, like a product of a, like a warm winter or, you know, I, but, like, my entire crew is saying the same thing. So just kind of curious if you, you know, if you know what's up with that. Basically, what it says is you're doing a great job. Yes. Then that the reason for that is moles would not be in a yard unless there's earthworms. And earthworms are not in yards unless the soil is in great shape. So having great soil, having earthworms... That's just a, you know, an invitation to moles. And once they find a place that has a lot of earthworms, which that's their main diet, they hang around. Okay. And so there's really not too much you can do other than let the lawns go terrible, and then the soil will go terrible, and then you the moles <laughs> will move away. Okay, yeah, like because, you, know, you know, like all of us have noticed it, and we're like, like what is going on here? Right. So like, it's even so, even some of these like pristine, beautiful lawns, you know, and these, you know, and people really, really take care of the lawns. Right. They're just full of moles. Right. And again, they're there just to eat. I mean, that's basically all they do. And once they find a, a nice yard with lots of food, then they're going to stay there. Yes, they do eat mm -hmm. grubs, but controlling grubs has nothing to do with getting rid of moles. Okay. Grubs right. are basically like appetizers where the earthworms is actually the meal. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, maybe I'll, uh, maybe we'll start advertising this, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you, sir. I really do appreciate you. Appreciate your show, buddy. Well, thank you. And let's head over to Doug's yard now. Hi, Doug. Yes. Is now the time of the year to start pruning fruit-bearing trees? Yeah. I mean, basically, whether they're like, you know, apple tree, classic apples or whether it's crab apples or whatever. So you can do it. I mean, unless you just want them... Have you harvested all the fruit off of them, or you just you can leave it like with the crab apples and things like that? And but ultimately, you should clean up any kind of debris from you know any kind of fallen fruit. So this would be the time that you could do the pruning, and then that way get it done pretty soon. But just realize too that these trees you know, are spring flowering. And so consequently, you know, you prune any branches off, that eliminates the amount of, let's say, flowering slash, you know, fruit that you're going to have. But this is the time to do the pruning. And let's go now to Barb's yard. Hi, Barb. Uh, Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, Two questions. Uh, If you do not cut Russian sage back uh, well okay when you cut it spring or summer i mean spring or uh fall uh you can do it now if you want sometimes depending upon our weather sometimes through a lot of the winter time it looks pretty good so it's just an aesthetic call when you whenever you want to prune it okay other question uh the hyacinth bean plant i always plant a couple of those Normally, the pods are dried up before the bushes are froze. Right. Uh, but this year, they have not dried up, and I want to take the bush down. Will Will they dry out? Do I just lay them out and let them dry? Well, there's probably some that have already fallen onto the ground, so those could stay. But, I, you know, I, I agree with you. This... I used to grow them a lot, and I've stopped growing for the last couple of years, but I've noticed the hyacinth bean vines, you know, as I wander around and everything else, and they are still looking very nice. and I mean, very purple, and there's no dried bean pods or anything on them. So, like I said, some have probably already fallen onto the ground, and you could just, you know. Mine rarely fall off. Uh I pick them when they're dry because I want to use the beans for next year. Right. But uh, my things outside, you know, we had the hard freeze. Uh, I'm going ahead and clearing off. Sure. If I lay these pods out, I've got a lot of, will they dry or will the bean rot inside? Well, I would, you know, pick a couple off. And take a look at them. You know what the the seed looks like? It looks like an Oreo cookie. You know, black on top and then a, a, more or less a white streak and then a black on the bottom of the seed too. And they're almost like small discs. But I would, you know, tr- take a couple and then let them dry and see what happens. Okay. I hate to not have seeds to plant right. again next year. I've been doing this for five, eight years. Uh, I, I completely understand. But, uh, yeah, this is the first year I've seen them, you know, to be so, I mean, foliage-wise, I know the foliage now has been knocked out. 
But uh, from the pod standpoint, this late, you know, into November and not to see any of them dry has kind of caught me by surprise. Me too. Okay, I guess I'll experiment then if you can't give me a definite answer. Yeah, because there's no way to know. I mean, I would open up a couple of the pods and just look at, you know, and see what the seed looks like. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yep. And, well, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these messages. Yes, folks, anything that's been planted within the last, you know, year or two, just make sure that, you know, going into wintertime, that they're moist, not wet, moist, because that helps insulate the feeder root systems. And, the you know, anything that's been in the ground less than two years or so uh, doesn't have really an exaggerated amount of root system yet. So consequently, there could be, you know, trouble as a result of cold weather coming. As I look out the window, all of a sudden I saw the sun come out for a minute or so. Ah. Let's head over to Carrie's yard. Hi, Carrie. Is this me? Yes. How are you today? Very good. I have several questions, but they're pretty basic, so I don't think it'll take you long to answer them. I planted a rose bush this spring, and it, I cut it back several times. It bloomed probably three times. Now what do I do with it? Basically, what you want to do is make sure that, as I said before, it's recently planted, so... You know, keep you know, keep watering it if we have extended periods of no rainfall, and then put about uh, six or eight inches of mulch. And do I cut it back? It's uh, not very tall. It's probably three feet tall. You don't need to. Is it a shrub rose or is it a hybrid tea, grandiflora? It's a hybrid tea. Okay, so you can cut then cut it back to about uh, ten inches or so. Okay, and then um, do I cut back my hostas? You know, they, they look horrible. Should I cut them off, or do I do I wait for the foliage to just die back? Uh, you can do either way. I mean, it's an aesthetic haul. Uh, you can cut them off. The foliage is not doing anything. It's yellow. It's probably laying flat on the ground almost, if it's not yet. Yeah. You know, one, Empress, one, it's an Emperor Wu. Empress Wu. Ah. It's still standing up nice and tall. But. Yeah. That's, you know, some of the ones with the blue foliage, I've noticed that they— withstand the cold weather a lot better than, you know, some of the other ones. Because I saw one clump in a yard that was probably like four feet across, and it was, uh, I think it was Big Daddy. I couldn't tell. I can't tell exactly which variety it was, but it was showing no damage at all related to the cold weather. So leaving it up is fine? Yeah. It starts looking bad? Right. Until, yeah, until it starts looking bad, then go ahead and prune it at that time. And then I have some hostas that need their their soil needs improving, but I'm not sure how to do it because I want them to come back next year. Do I just put something on top of the soil? Well, you got to really kind of work it in. Am I going to damage their root systems? If yeah, I do just don't just don't put you know the root systems go lateral from where the leaves stems are coming up out of the ground. So just okay. kind of work it up into the soil you know, on the perimeter more so than. Okay. Even though the moles might do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the last thing, I have some black-eyed Susan seed that I harvested. Um, does it need to overwinter if I want to spread it on a, a bed that I'm making? Should I just throw it out there before the winter? Well, if has the soil been improved on the area that you're going to try to grow them in? It will be. So don't do, you know, don't put them out there until you improve the soil. Okay. So you can just, you know, put the seeds in an envelope and hold on to them and then throw them out during the wintertime, or you can wait until springtime and put them out. So they don't need to be cold or anything? No. Okay. All righty. And that's all I had, and I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Yep. And now let's go to Greg Jarrett. Hi, Greg. Hello, Greg. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Hey, question. I just had some recently uh, new sod put down on October 20th. And with the warm weather that's coming up uh, the next, you know, four or five days, is there something that I can um, put on there to maybe help green it up a little bit? Well, is this bluegrass and fescue a cool season? I'm assuming it is. It's fescue, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a little bit of green now, but I just kind of wanted if there was something I could add to it. Some... To be honest, with it, you know, being in the ground that short of a period of time, it probably doesn't have any ability to absorb much. So I would say just make sure that it doesn't go through any kind of drought stress. But other than that, that's probably what I would all I would do. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Yep. If you had it, if it was mature and you know you still have a chance, even though we're really kind of past the time to put a winterizer type fertilizer down, fertilizing could be you know on the downhill side to for the overall health of your new sod. And let's see what's going on in Alice's yard. Hi, hi, Alice. Yes. Hi, Mike. Hi. I'm calling about mums. Okay, uh-huh. I've got a t- two potted mums, one really beautiful yellow, and I'm wondering, it's on the, it's in my house now, it's not outside. How do I keep those uh, through the winter so that they'll still be okay uh, next year? Ooh, <laughs> that's going to be tough, you know, to be honest with you. They would do much better if you could take them outside and... Did you have them inside, or were they outside at one time? Okay, I've got one that is outside now. I would say dig a hole and just drop the pot down into a hole unless it's already planted in the ground. Okay, so the one that's outside now, dig a hole, put the whole pot down in the hole. Right, and then... And the one was a gift, and somebody just brought it to me, in my, and I have it in my house now. It's kind of serving as a centerpiece in my kitchen table um it's really large very pretty right so what do i do to try to keep it it they really won't work very well as you know staying in the in your house okay so ultimately it's going to have to go out and it sounds like one of the ones that are you know are still prolific that a lot of the garden centers really did a great job with growing them this year. But the chances of it surviving, just look, you know, when you look at the base of it, you should see some small little leaflets coming off the, you know, the bottom of the stem. 
And that sort of indicates it may have an opportunity to survive. But I do the same thing with it is, you know, keep it inside for a little bit longer and then go ahead and, you know, drop it into a hole outside. And when you do drop it into a hole, just make sure the top of the root, uh, the pot is above the surrounding ground. Should I wait for the the leaves to start turning brown to do that, or can I keep, or do I have to? Uh, can I do it now, or what should I do? I would probably go ahead if you know, maybe leave it in for another weekend or something, and beyond that, I'd get it outside so it can get you know used to the outdoors. Okay, thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. Three one four. 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these messages. Some fellas love to tiptoe through the tulips. Mm. Some fellas go on singing in the rain. Yes, singing in the rain. Let's head over to Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. A uh, couple questions uh, on crepe myrtles. Uh, the blight, uh, 22 degrees the other night, leaves all shriveled and so on and so forth. Uh, in the past, I sometimes cut them all down, sometimes left a few canes. And amazingly, some of those canes flowered again the following spring and summer. Uh, is that typical or do you recommend just cutting them down ground level? No, you don't have to cut them down, you know. I would say you can just leave them. And then in the springtime, when if things start leafing out, if they're not, you know, if some of the canes are not leafing out and other ones are, any of them that are not leafing out, I would cut those back. But I would just leave it. Yeah, well, once I've done something correctly. Second question uh, on Wygelia and so on, woody plants. Uh, can I cut them back or getting a little wild on me? <laughs> yeah, anything that uh, you know blooms in the spring, if you prune it now, you're basically cutting off potential flowers for next sure. year. Anything that blooms well, in the summer, like a crepe myrtle, you can prune that all the way up until the new growth begins in the springtime. Okay. Well, Igelia are not very showy anyhow, <laughs> uh, so it's not a big problem. Secondly, uh, I've got meters out the wazoo. Uh, pH meters and so on, are they tend to be fairly accurate? Uh, I would say quasi. It depends upon, you know, which, you know, which ones and, you know, let's say the quality of it. But uh, you're not, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they just, you're sticking a point into the ground like exactly. a spear. And yes. I just, you know, to me, a soil test is going to be much more, uh, more accurate than doing that. Well, I have compared them uh, with the soil test, and they appear to be running very close to each other. Oh, really? Well, that's yeah. good. So you well, got good quality. You know, you said, well, you said quality. If quality means money, then yes. they're quality because they were quite expensive. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the cheap some, ones that are useless. Yeah, well, everything cheap is useless. <laughs> that's true. Well, it seems to me the stuff they call heavy-duty today used to be considered standard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they so cheap and things. All right. Well, I put in 16 trees here from four foot up to nine and a half feet. Uh, the blight hit them pretty hard, uh, the cold, uh, but the leaves are still hanging on. 
number of them have a number of suckers on them. I intend to leave those till spring. Is that advisable? Well, you can. Okay. I, I mean, don't know if the leaves are still feeding the roots or not. No, basically, once the foliage starts turning, you know, color, they're really not doing it. You know, they're not really making chlorophyll anymore. Okay. Well, they're not turned color, but they were just coated with ice the other night with the foggy head and so on. Wow. But they're hanging on. <laughs> yeah, most of the trees, I, you must live in a rural area if you had, yeah, you know, yeah. frost yeah, on I the did. trees. Because we yeah, had frost on cars and things like that, but uh, I didn't see any on plant material at all. Well, they were just solid ice. You could have just crinkled them and broke them off. Oh, you're kidding. No, no, no. I'm sitting uh, 208 feet over a river valley. Ah. And so the fog comes up from there and coats everything. I see. Yeah, it's very nice. All right. Well, I thank you so much for your information. I shall carry on. Great. Good luck. And let's see what's going on in Mary's yard. Hi, Mary. Hi. Hey, um, I've heard you talk a lot about mulch today, and I planted a couple of hydrangeas, and I only need a small amount of mulch to cover them. Everything else is covered, but I can't find any place other than, like, the big box stores that sell that bag mulch that I really don't like. Can you recommend somewhere, like St. Louis Composting, they want to sell you, you know, like a whole load or truckload or whatever it's called, Um what do you suggest? Well, I would check, you know, check online, but they, I mean, they've, I've gotten bagged mulch there for years. From St. Louis Composting? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to call the one that I went to this last summer. I just read online that, you know, minimum that they sold was by the truck. Okay. Yeah. No, well, they, I, you know, they don't have, they've have like 16 or 17 different types. They don't have all of them in bags. But the cedar mulch that I get, they've had it in bags since the very beginning. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I've wasted all this time looking. Okay. I will give them a call and run over there. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah. And if they don't have, give them a call. And if they don't have the bag mulch, they'll, they will tell you a location that does have it. So not every location has every product. And, Paul, can you do it kind of quick? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, my wife was recently gifted a blueberry bush. Um, do we put that in the ground this year, or uh, do we wait and put it in the ground in the spring? I would say get it into the ground. Okay. Um, should we get more blueberry bushes? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be to the advantage because if you're actually going to grow it and you you want to harvest but blueberries need a, an acidic soil, so maybe you should have your soil tested too to find out what the soil pH, to find out if you have to, you know, add any kind of, you know, iron sulfate or something along that line to change the soil pH. Your soil may be fine for the blueberries, but check online, see what the soil pH for blueberries need to be, and then check your soil to see if it's going to match. Okay. And so the blueberries actually need like more than one bush to be productive. No, they. I I think that you know I you know, I think they can self pollinate. They don't have to have a male female. I think the male and female flowers are on the same same shrub. 
where certain, you know, certain plants don't have that. Like, let's say some of the hollies, you need a male and a female holly to get, you know, the red berries off that. But, you know, a lot of the other ones are not that way. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I will see you after the news. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott. And this is the KMOX Garden Hotline second hour, which is the tip of the trowel. A special recognition of on-air individual, group, or situations made an impression on me during this past week. And it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. But if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, why not give us a call? That's 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. we got the phone lines open, so... You could be number one after we do the introduction and tip of the trowel. And thanks for inviting me onto your show where discussions can range from making a plant selection for a specific location, caring for those plants, talking about what should be done during peak season versus high times when things are going downhill due to the weather, and annuals. Can they still hang in there? You know they can because they have, and we've had some pretty cold temperatures. How about those uh, summer bulbs? Should you leave them in the ground, or do you need to dig them up and put them in paper bags? Well, or how about those spring bulbs, oops, that are still in the garage that you haven't planted yet? Do you still have opportunity to get them in the ground? We can talk about that. We can talk about perennials. We can talk about, oh, a new neighbor just moved in and I don't necessarily care for their dogs because every time I step out my back door, their dogs bark at me. So I want to do some screening so the dogs can't necessarily see me. Do you have a water garden or fountains? What should you be doing? I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take to achieve results, but strictly offered for you to consider. And Drew is producing today. He answers the phone, so he just needs your first name. And also, when he's not answering the phone, he's pushing buttons and sliding sliders and all kinds of other stuff. And I'm Mike Miller. I've been doing the Garden Hotline since 1994. And I can come to your home and help you with an on-site consultation if you need it. So... I call it a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and the homepage will have my email address and phone number. Now, I will apologize. A couple people have called, and I got to take, you know, sometimes take a couple days off, so I will get back in touch with you soon. And as I said before, the tip of the trowel is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the trial goes out to just everybody that enjoys the outdoors. And so many people, when I'm out walking myself or when we're out, uh, Tracy and I are going through the parks or whatever it happens to be, so many people just, uh, you can just tell 
that they are absolutely having a nice time, whether they're walking dogs or just walking themselves or riding bikes. The outdoors is such a perfect place, and especially when we got weather as we have had over the last really couple of years or haven't really been you know, extremely severe circumstances weather-wise. But so everybody that's an outdoor person that likes to certainly get outside, get some fresh air, and just enjoy. So a tip of the trial goes out to all you folks. So let's go ahead and take a couple calls before we take a break. Jeannie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Hey, I wanted to comment about the gentleman who called about the blueberries. Okay. I've grown blueberries for years. And what I did as per my instructions was I removed all the natural soil and put peat moss in. So they've grown nothing in nothing but peat moss. Wow. But he could he could just mix peat moss with his natural soil to give the soil more acidic if he doesn't have time to get a soil test. Right. All right. So I just wanted to offer that comment. That sounds perfect. Thanks. You're welcome. Have a great day. Yep. And now let's go over to Wayne's yard. Hi, Wayne. Call Mike. I'm on Bluetooth in the car. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Question about rhubarb. We got uh, plants early last spring, stuck them in the ground. They did great. Our problem is we don't really know when to cut it or reap the harvest. So now we've got this gigantic plant. And I've read where they get woody if you let them go. Or, uh, need your advice, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. You should have cut them a little bit sooner than this. But you can, you know, go ahead and cut them right now. Cut them off at the ground? Yeah. And probably, and, then, and you know, I wouldn't bother trying to do anything with them. I would say let them go for another year or so. And then go ahead and start using them to make strawberry rhubarb pie or rhubarb pie or whatever you're sort of. Yeah, you're speaking my language. <laughs> so somebody said you cut each stalk when they're red. Right. That, oh, so just watch it. When one turns red, cut it off. Yeah, exactly. Okay, man. Uh, give me your address. I'll send you a rhubarb pie. <laughs> yes. Tracy and I love right. rhubarb pies. We don't like rhubarbs and strawberries together, but rhubarb by itself is wonderful. My wife makes like a rhubarb strawberry jelly. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whoa. It's the kill for. Yeah. All right. And Margie, how are you today? I'm good, Mike. Thanks. How are you? Very good. I have a question. I was gifted with a a little twig of a Meyer lemon tree back in May, and uh, it did really well on the porch all summer, and it's almost tripled in size. I've repotted it once. So uh, my question, I brought it in. The leaves started turning kind of a – they were dark green pretty much, and now they're kind of a chartreuse color with like little cuts in the leaves, a lot of them, and they're falling off. Um, is this just a shock of – transition or uh, the, the, the information that came with it said it likes to dry out between waterings, which I thought I was doing. But when, when I watered it, I don't know, last week, seemed like it kind of curtailed the leaves falling off a little bit. So I don't know if I was starving it, but um, do, do Meyer lemon trees overwinter well in indoors? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Whatever happens, happens. There's not really too much you can do about it. And that's, I mean, even at the Botanical Garden, when they used to have the Mediterranean house, and they had some, you know, lemon trees and lime trees and things like that in there. And they just, uh, I mean, they did good because it was at the Botanical Garden, you know, perfect staff, bright windows, you know, because it was a greenhouse, basically. But uh, they still dropped a lot of leaves during the winter time. And do they? I mean, if I keep it around and generally regrowth once you put it back outside in, in the warm weather, as long as it's you know the stems and everything, the branches are flexible and not brittle, then you okay. should have luck with it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Thank you. And just a quick question about those little gnats that live in the soil of potted trees and then they fly around your house. Any way to get rid of those other than smushing them? <laughs> well, they might be those, uh, you could get some, you know, traps that you look like apples and you put, there's a little packet of stuff there in the inside the apple. You put moisture, you put water in there and it attracts the gnats to that. And then mm. consequently they get in there and then they drown. So, mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. you know, okay. right. that, Thank you. That's probably what I would go ahead and try. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Remember, daylight savings time is over and also... This is a, a sort of like the triggering day for checking your smoke detector or adding new smoke detectors to your home. Uh, Tom, who is a captain in the city fire department, he came over and said they are offering smoke detectors. 
I think you can get up to three of them from the city fire department for free. Now, I hope that I got that story right. He told me, and it's been a couple days, and, oh, uh, anyway. Let's, where should we head? Let's go over to Anne-Marie's yard. Hi, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Um, You mentioned earlier that we are on the downhill side of fertilizing lawn. Right. And um, how far downhill? And I, I mention that because I have a bag that's about a third open. It's been dry in the garage. I'd love to get rid of it. Do you recommend any possibility of uh, putting that down? I know I would have to water it afterwards. Right. It depends, you know, putting a fertilizer down this time of year, winterizer is the best thing. If this is a fertilizer that was formulated for active growth times, then it may cause more problems. It may cause a surge of growth. Then we could get a cold snap that could do some, you know, some real damage to your lawn. No, this is a bag that is specifically winterizing. Okay. Then I would go ahead and you could get it down. Okay. And it does need to be watered, correct? Yes. Uh, and not just topically, it needs to be worked water into the soil? Well, just, you know, what you want to do is you want to water it enough that it's going to send the actual granular pieces down past the blades and in contact with the soil. Okay. Now, I have picked up um, pine needles two times from the lawn. This is a backyard. Uh, more will probably continue. I want to take advantage of the warm weather this week. And so if I get more pine needles on that, will that affect the effectiveness of the fertilizer? No. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah. Bye. I- uh, and you could just rake the pine needles up close to the trunk and use them as a mulch you know, around the tree that's producing the pine needles. Yes, I do that, and I do my azalea. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. Now, and that is that also good for crepe myrtle, or is that more of an alkaline? No, nah, they're pretty more neutral than you know, either way, so... I would say be a little bit cautious about uh, using just pine needles in and of themselves for a mulch around crepe myrtles. Yeah. No, I put a regular mulch, and I think I may have worked a little peat in around with it as well. But basically it's just a regular compost. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Sure. And now let's see what's going on in Rob's yard. Hi, Rob. Good morning, Mike. I just had a quick question. Um, earlier in the year, I planted a couple of Persian shields on my uh, front porch. They're, they're in separate pots. Um, can I re-dig those up and put them in smaller pots and bring them in the house for the winter and then put them back again uh, next year? Hasn't a cold weather already knocked them down? Uh, a little bit, but there's still, you know, there's still a lot of life to them. Okay. You could give it a try. Uh, chances of them doing well inside is going to be minimal, but uh, just make sure you get them in a you know in a bright window, and uh, don't overwater. Are, are they basically annuals? I mean, uh, I mean, because the last few years I've been just been buying new ones every year, but I thought, well, maybe I can dig them out and bring them in and 
put them in a sunny area and yeah, keep them going. I mean, there are tropical plants. They're not the classic type annuals because you're growing them because of the purplish color, the silverish color of the foliage. And uh, they just, you just don't see them, let's say, in garden centers or things like that, in greenhouses being sold as house plants. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're beautiful. I, and I, I hate to buy new ones every year. That's why I thought right. maybe I could dig them out and, and keep them going and, you know, put them back out again next year. Because when it did get cold, I did bring them in the garage. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I grow them every year myself. I really like them. But uh, I've not tried uh, to grow them as a house plant because uh, I've, maybe I'm just too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep, my pleasure. Yeah, I used to, you know, have grow lights and everything else. I used to grow a lot of, bring a lot of different stuff in. I've kind of, you know, stopped doing that because... I had them in pretty heavy-duty pots and carrying them down the basement steps and all that other stuff, so that's why I decided I was just too lazy. Let's go to Earl's yard. Hi, Earl. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, I have some hydrangeas. Uh, They didn't bloom this year because of the late freeze. Right. How far towards the ground do I cut them back before next year? How high off the ground? I would say you don't need to prune them. If they leafed out and there's leaves all the way to the end of the stem, then just leave them alone. Thank you. And one other question about them. If we're uh, finding that there's going to be a, uh, a late freeze again next year, uh, is it possible to cover these some, kinds of, some kind of way? Some, you know, it's just uh, it may help, it may not. But just make sure that you don't cover them with plastic you know, like sheets of plastic or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, something that has more or less like burlap type thing or landscape fabric. Use something along that line. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Sure. And now let's go to Jeff's yard. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, My question is, when should I prune a lilac bush and a Japanese maple? Japanese maples can be pruned through the wintertime, basically. Okay. Just get it done before any kind of new growth begins in the springtime. Now, if you prune your lilac now, you're cutting off the you know potential flowers for next year because they're spring bloomers. Okay. So the best time to you know prune lilacs or anything that blooms in the spring, like forsythia or all that stuff, is right after they finish flowering. Okay. So next summer. Great. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Sure. And right. Doris, how are you today? I'm doing great, and you? Good. Okay, I'm calling. Uh, you have a wonderful show. Okay, I enjoy it. Well, thank you. Okay, I'm calling about the lady that called about the nets from the plants. Oh, the gnats. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. So what I did was Ray's has an electric outlet that has a sticky thing that you can put in there, and it catches all those little bugs. Oh, really? Yes. And then there's also, I got from Amazon, an electric one where uh, you, it's called Catchy, K-A-T-C-H-Y. And they have little sticky things you can put in the bottom of that. It also catches those gnats. Oh, right. Okay, that was it. 
Okay, perfect. Thanks. Thanks for the insight. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, those uh there's fruit flies, there's you know, fungus gnats, there's a couple different types of things. And uh fruit flies can drive you nuts. And that's the one that you can go to favorite garden center or even Walgreens has them where they're you get a pack of two apples, plastic apples that are about the size of a a little bit bigger than a ping pong ball, but not much. They have slits in them that have the packets that you put down in there and then you put water and then that attracts them with the smell or whatever it is that the actual the gnats are drawn to particular things. So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. Let's see what's going on in Kurt's yard. Hi, Kurt. Hi. Yeah, I might have you might have already answered this just a few calls ago. I caught the very end. Um, it's the first year I've grown banana plants in 20-gallon pots out on my back deck. Ooh. And I I missed bringing them in. They, they're they dead. Well, they appear dead now. Um, but my understanding is I can cut them back. Is it too late? Did, or are they dead at this point? No, the root systems are probably still viable. The above-ground growth is, you know, dysfunctional. But just realize okay. when you cut them off, Banana sap stains clothes that, you know, will remain forever. So just watch out about that. Interesting. And then do I need to bring the pots in? Or I was told I could bring them in uh, just with the stump. How how far do I cut them back? And can I put them in my garage? Yeah, you should be able as long as your garage doesn't get below freezing. Or the best thing to do, too, is, you know, these are large pots. So maybe get a couple wooden pallets so they don't sit on the garage floor and uh-huh. put them up on the wooden you know, pallets and cut them yep. down to about uh, four to six inches. Perfect. Okay, thank you. Sure, my pleasure. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Halloween is behind us now. This was, uh, you know, the classic trick and treat or trick or treat or trick treat, whatever. This is no longer in our you know neighborhood. Nobody was, you know, out on Halloween evening at all. I just kind of s- sat by the window and just watched to see. We hardly got anybody ever. And, you know, on our little street, because oh, there's only two houses, but the houses, the streets that run perpendicular to ours, they had streams of people going up and down, you know, with the Halloween costumes and, you know, for the kids and everything else. But this year, nothing. So I guess COVID may have started the downhill turn, but it looks like Halloween, the classic days is, you know, gone Maybe people go to uh, churches. I don't know, how, you know what you know what happened, but it was a little bit of a surprise. Let's head over to Jim's yard now. Hi, Jim. Hi. How are you doing? Very good. Um, I was walking my dog down in JB the other day, and there was a volunteer gardener, and he was cutting up a, a little 
decorative tree, call it a castor bean tree. It was kind of reddish color. Right. And um, he said, hey, do you want some seeds? So he plucked off like a handful of seeds, and he had like a saran wrap plastic bag. I put them in. What do I have to do? He said, they die off in this area, and then you have to replant the seeds. I, I don't know what I should do with the seeds and when I should plant them, and how many do I plant? Well, each one was going to produce a stem with the foliage. So okay. each individual seed. So for the, don't leave them in a, in a plastic bag because it might oh. be too humid and it might cause you know some problems with them. Now, oh. did he give you sort of like it has almost like a burr, like right. a sticker right. of thorns all over it. So right. inside each one of those, there's probably going to be three or four seeds. Okay. So and then you plant them in the springtime, the same time you'd be planting basically anything by seed. So it's going to be weather dependent, but sometime, uh, let's say around mid-April, that's when you do the planting, and then expect probably maybe two to three weeks of uh, before you start to see any kind of growth at all, and it's all going to be dependent upon the soil temperature. But I've been growing castor beans for years. How deep do you stick them into the ground? Uh, about three inches or so. And it's got to be really, you know, pretty good soil. To, you know, okay. I grow them in pots. I've grown them in the ground both. But uh, now I just, you know, I've got about two or three different ones that I just, uh, you know, dedicate two or three different pots for castor beans. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. And let's see what's going on with Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi, Mike. Thanks for your program. Sure. Uh, Do you cut back or is it necessary to cut back iris leaves? It's uh, You don't have to, but uh, it's probably to the advantage to go ahead and do it. And it's more for an aesthetic, you know, circumstance than anything. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, again, it's just uh, they'll take care of themselves. I'm sh- I'm assuming you're talking about the the classic flag iris as opposed to the Japanese. Correct. Yeah, or yes. the Siberian. So it's the overall health of the tuber is going to be to the advantage of cutting it back and cut it back to about two inches or so. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Yes. And Ellen, how are you today? I'm fine. Go ahead. Um, I, I have we we planted a uh, butterfly or milkweed plant, mm-hmm. and it grew up great. And uh, we got the little um, yellow flowers like things and the milkweeds. But now it's really really tall, and we, don't, we the wind really has taken it. Back and forth. Can we cut that back a little bit? Yeah, you can cut it. How far should I cut it? You can cut it all the way to the ground, basically. Oh, really? So it's going to okay. come. It's a perennial. It's going to come back from the root system. The stems are not necessarily going to be able to produce new growth next year. Oh, okay. Okay. So it. When will it? produce and grow new growth again well when the weather warms up so when all the you know it's a perennial so when let's say the black-eyed susans or the purple cone flowers or the 
lemon verbena or when all that, you know, new growth begins in the springtime, you should uh-huh. start to see these guys doing some growth too. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I've, I have some, you know, had some myself and, uh, uh, let's see, probably had 10 stems coming up out of the ground. I cut seven of them off, and I left uh, th- three of them, and they're probably like maybe five feet high, and they've got, you know, s- sort of seeds. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, aerial type seeds, almost like dandelion type seeds, you know, at the, at the top that are, you know, finally being released. So now let's see. Karen, how are you today? Morning. I'm fine. Thank you. I have three spruces that are quite tall now. The two on the end are probably over 12 feet. Uh, the one in the middle was planted a year later, and it's a different variety and, of course, shorter. But what I'm concerned about is the uh, the center one that's a different variety has started to brown from the bottom up. I'd say the top third looks nice. Uh, the bottom two-thirds is uh, brownish. There is still green down there. Um, my goal was to have them be a privacy area on that side of the yard. And, uh, you know, I know I could take it out and wait for the other two to grow together, but I wanted your opinion on that. If they're turning brown at the bottom, that usually indicates that whoever planted them planted them either at grade or slightly below and the root system is having real trouble and that usually means it's kind of going to be going no, it'll never recover and it'll only get worse. I see. So it's nothing, I've had people look at it to, to check out insects, it's nothing that will pass on to the other two trees, it's more in the root system. Right, it's the individual, you know, tree was just uh, the roots when you plant them, especially anything, you know, a needled evergreen, the part of the worlds they grow in, 
They don't grow at great, except, you know, bald cypress, of course. They grow in, you know, swamps. But the the classic spruce type, they don't want to have a, a wet soil circumstance whatsoever. So if water puddles around the trunk, then that's going to lead to the decline of the root system. Okay, well, thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. Bye-bye. And Eric, how are you today? Mike, thanks for the show. I've got about three or four questions uh with your with your knockout roses, is that okay to cut those back at this time just because they're sort of spindly and wild looking? Yeah, you can certainly do that. Okay. And I had a humanus tree that I've had for a couple of years, and the nursery that I bought it from, we had put this in a set like a concrete pot for an entranceway of our house, and one of them uh, has started to die, but the nursery had suggested putting it in your garage in the winter time. And this one, I have one of those Yumanis trees that's in a in that pillar, kind of a p- concrete pot, and it's sort of in our backyard now, a little more protected. Do you think that would need to be brought in? Well, Yumanis plants should be, you know, hardy. So as long as there was enough, it's like a you Umanus know, tree. It's a tree. Well, it's basically it's a Yumanis tree, but is what is a Yumanis shrub that's been pruned to look like a tree. Okay. So it's not technically a tree. So in other words, right. if this is a broadleaf evergreen, then it's just, uh, you know, just so there's enough soil around the, insul- you know, around the root system in the pot to, to insulate it, you can leave them. You should be able to leave them out. Okay. Okay. And then the last question I had, I think you may have answered that earlier, but I didn't catch the whole answer, was I have a crabapple tree that's sort of spindly tree, and it has, oh, quite a few uh, of these crabapples, or about the size of a, it's a little smaller than a ping-pong ball. Right. And in the wintertime, it gets real windy, and this tree is spindly to begin with, and it almost was pulling it out of the ground a little bit last year. Ooh. But would it be okay to cut those balls off to be, keep, reduce the weight on the branches? Absolutely. And then okay. next year to prevent this from happening, producing fruit for any kind of, you know, fruit-oriented type tree is really super stressful. And if there's too many, too much fruit, so in other words, a lot of flowers got pollinated, none of them were, you know, knocked off or removed or anything in the future you should probably take about half go ahead and let it flower but as soon as you start to see the fruit form get rid of about half the fruit okay and just uh because it started was under stress i think a little last year because the leaves started some of them started browning up and uh, yeah it's still got leaves on the tree but it's just it's got all that weight from the from the apples on the tree. So just go ahead and cut most of them off. Right. Get rid of all of them, I would. Okay. Well, thank you very much for answering all the questions. Sure. Appreciate it. My pleasure. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Color-wise, things are headed downhill uh, except for, of course, the evergreens, or there are some evergreens that are not green. There are other colors as well. But let's say you go to your favorite garden center. They've still got tulip bulbs. Yes, and this is a perfect time to be planting your tulip bulbs. 
If they have some other bulbs, yes, but this is the ideal time for the tulips. Why they're planted later than the daffodils or the crocus or things like that, I'm not exactly sure, but it is advisable to plant tulips in November versus in October. Other things that you need to be doing in your landscape is just when cold snaps happen, and your foliage on your perennials start going downhill, if they look damaged or blackened or whatever, just go ahead and prune, you know, cut them off. And the reason why you're doing that, you don't have to necessarily, but it may prevent some damage due to fungus because as these you know, leaves are there, the stems, they'll lay over on top of each other. This is another reason why you don't want a bunch of fallen leaves from your trees laying on your lawn because of fungus circumstances. And fungus is one of the major problems that we have just in this region because of our weather. That's You can't get around it. So just know that that is something that is real. And no matter what you do, you're not going to eliminate it entirely, but you're going to do it and you're going to help. Be sure and have your house gutters checked. If you don't, you know, if you can't do it yourself, there are professional services that will come and clean your your gutters. I grew up in Ellisville on Maple Lane. We had 13 silver maples, you know, in our yard and woo, uh, that was my job as the oldest kid to clean the gutters. My father had other things that he did, but uh, that was one of the things I did. And man, oh man, it is absolutely unbelievable. This is a perfect time of year to understand that if you want to attract birds, yes, bird seed is great. But birds, when we get these dry spells, they're looking for moisture. So unfrozen drinking water out there in your bird bath for the birds that is to the the advantage of the birds just kind of in general. Uh, just because right now it seemed like, you know, they kind of go away for a while, but the Cardinals and Blue Jays both are coming back. I have a mugo pine right outside uh, our kitchen window, and that seems to be one of the, you know, one of the th- trees slash shrubs that they really enjoy a whole lot. Just coming and it looks, and I saw there were some wrens in there the other day, too. And I don't see, you know, there's no obvious insects, but they're finding something to be munching off, munching on as uh, they're hopping around in the branches and everything else. Uh, other things that you need to be thinking about is just your soil temperature, not your soil temperature, but your soil chemistry. So getting a soil test done now will help you make the right decisions when it comes to doing any kind of improvement to your soil for the future. Is it too late to do any core aeration? Yes, I would say core aeration this late in the season is probably not advisable for, definitely not for your zoysia, your warm season grass, but your cool season grasses, even that, when you Take the plugs out of the ground for the core aeration. It does open up air pockets, and without knowing, I mean, 
the you know the forecast that we heard from Scott on how nice and warm and everything it's going to be. We're going to get some cold snaps, and you can get some cold air sinking down into the ground, you know, into the the core aeration holes, and it could do some damage to the crown slash root system of your cool season lawns. Keep you know, keep mowing your cool season lawns as long as there's any kind of new growth at all. And some of the newly installed broadleaf evergreens like azaleas, boxwood, and holly can benefit from having a burlap wrapped, not right next to them, but put some stakes or fence posts or something like that to, you know, to offer a little bit of protection for the wintertime because in reality, they don't like super cold when the root systems aren't established. So these are newly planted ones. Existing ones that have been in the ground for a couple of years, you don't have to worry so much about. But uh, beyond that, just realize that. If you do have some mums and they you know, have finished flowering, go ahead and cut them just above the, about the two to three inches above the ground. And guess what? You can tell if they're going to be coming back next year if you can see some, you know, some leaves coming off the stems. So just, you know, kind of keep that in mind. You can still head to your favorite garden center and getting woody plant, woody plant material. You can still do that. Perennial-wise, I probably wouldn't do any kind of planting of perennials. But uh, with the woodies, the trees, or the shrubs, you should have no problem whatsoever with those. So just realize that. So if you have a pond you know, or a garden pool or something along that line, you can cover it with, uh, like, burlap or something like that to keep, if you've got trees that overhang it, to keep a bunch of leaves from falling in there because it can contaminate the pool. And even if you don't, if, especially if you have koi or any kind of goldfish or anything into your pond, you don't want the leaves to be in there because it could be, I want to say, poisonous, detrimental to your fish. So keep that in mind as well. And you can keep your fountains going. I mean, they, they can run all winter long. So thanks to everybody for calling in. I greatly appreciate it. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I will see you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.